Welcome to the Faith in Maine podcast. I'm Katie Clark, your host. We are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 58 churches, 18 summer chapels, Camp Bishopswood, three Jubilee centers, and ministries that make up the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. Today, we'd like to share with you a sermon for the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, preached by the Right Reverend Thomas J. Brown, Bishop of Maine, for the second Sunday of Easter, April 11, 2021. This sermon was recorded at the Episcopal Church of St. Mary the Virgin in Falmouth, Maine. Your word, O God, and your word only, be that which we sing and speak, be that which falls on our ears and lives in our hearts. For in your word we find you, and you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Friday before Palm Sunday, our former, former bishop, Chilton Knutson, was with her son and a few others in the bishop's garden at the cathedral to inter Mike Knutson's cremated remains. I didn't know Michael Knutson, but I sure wish that I had. A couple of days before the committal service, she and I spent a few hours together. Bishop Knutson told me how they had met, a few vignettes of their 50 years together. I won't tell you everything that she said, but I'll always remember her referring to Mike's funeral, a worship service that occurred a week earlier at his parish church in Baltimore. Chilton described the rector of their parish, Mike's pastor, as a very fine preacher. And then she said, I'm not much interested in eulogies. I want to hear a sermon about the resurrection. It's what I need right now. Those of you in the Diocese of Maine who knew Mike Knudsen were aware that he had Parkinson's. I wonder if one of the reasons that his widow needs to hear a sermon that preaches the promise of resurrection is because of its insistence on the body. It's one of Christianity's most compelling tenets, the proclamation that our physicality is not separate from our spirituality. It's why we say on Christmas, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. There are faiths throughout the world that keep all of their thoughts spiritual and ethereal. For us, this emphasis on the body is inherently, inescapably part of who we are and what it is that we do. We believe in the body. God gave us our bodies, loves us in our bodies, shall, us, shall love us forever in the body. When Jesus Christ was resurrected, his body was raised. The tomb was empty. He did not leave his crucified self bruised and battered. He was bodily raised. Hollywood and Gnosticism sometimes give us the images of a disembodied soul, but Jesus' body was recognizable and touchable. And yet more remarkable, it wasn't the same body he once had. He had to show them his hands and his feet. 
when they touched the scar in his side, when they heard his voice. There wasn't enough to recognize him, to say, this is the one whom we knew and loved. It is our Lord. It's why St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we shall all be changed. There's a deep truthfulness here about God's delight in becoming one of us, giving us a body which God also shall raise. In the past year, people around the world have lived in what I affectionately call Zoomsville to describe life on Zoom. The thing about Zoom, and I love it, is the degree to which we are slightly disembodied. Not everything about ourselves gets transmitted or is able to be read by other people, only the parts from the neck up. Unlike Zoom, the resurrection lives in space and time. It's the whole enchilada. My latest midrash on resurrection is actually from Walt Disney. I admit that during a pandemic, some of the best money that I've spent has been on my Netflix and Amazon video subscriptions. Who knew that YouTube had all of the old episodes of St. Elsewhere, Knott's Landing, and Little House on the Prairie? But do you remember Beauty and the Beast back to the Walt Disney Midrash? Beast dies, but is transformed by love into a handsome prince. He stares in surprise at his hands and feet, and then he turns around and says amazed, Belle, it's me! He is surprised, is as surprised as she is. And it's not until she touches him does she recognize him. It's you! So when Jesus Christ, the first fruits of the dead, appear to the women at the tomb and to the others gathered in the upper room, I like to think that he is as surprised to be there as they are. In whatever form that resurrection body takes, obviously familiar, yet not the same, clearly corporal, able to be touched, battered, but human. Jesus himself must have been excited because he says with, amaz with amazement, go and tell the others. The theologian Hans Kuhn, in his grand work on being a Christian, says, quote, how are we to imagine this wholly different life? Not at all. The reality of the resurrection itself, therefore, is completely intangible and unimaginable. Images, metaphors, symbols, which correspond to the thought, forms of the time. Let me say that, for that middle part again. What Hans Kung says is, the reality of the resurrection itself, therefore, is completely intangible and unimaginable. Hmm. In this line of thought, Kung seems to say, Better not be deceived into thinking that the resurrection of the body involves a continuity of the body, but rather just a continuity of identity. I'm not so sure. Really. 
If the central message of Christianity is intangible and unimaginable, what in the world is the point of an intangible resurrection of the body? So, let's turn from Hans Kung and look at someone more contemporary and a woman. Sally McFay, a great theologian of our day, in her book, The Body of God, she must surely have something to say, I thought. Guess what? Of the 292 pages, there are three on the resurrection of the body. She says that to interpret the relationship between life and death is problematic in a postmodern and highly diverse religious era. Well, sure, it's problematic. It was problematic in the first place, and that's why people bribe soldiers to try to cover it up. In the Seder, one asks questions to connect the story of Passover to current struggles for justice and to sharpen our insights into God's saving power. What if the question for us is, what does a resurrected body feel like? Envisage it for yourself. What does a resurrected body feel like? Here's what I'd say. I'd say that it has to glow like it does after a workout at Orange Theory Fitness. I have to say that it has to be light and expansive, like the way one feels after 30 minutes of centering prayer. It's got to be warm and comforting, like a mom's lap. I trust it to be strong and competent in the way that a firefighter it has to be warm and relaxed after a Plymouth martini, or content and alert as after making love. The resurrected body of Jesus, our prototype, is the sum of all of our best human experiences. It's the promise not of spiritual immortality, but the proof that God dwells deeply within material creation loves us incarnate, mortal persons, and will not let us go. Live in the image of the resurrection in these great 50 days, imagining the unimaginable to discover where your love lives. Thomas, the disciple whom we encounter today and on every other second Sunday after Easter, St. Thomas wasn't there but he understandably wanted the others, wanted what the others experienced, to see Jesus' hands and sign. A week later, the risen Christ appears, and Thomas is there to see Jesus in the body. And he makes that glorious profession of faith. Envisage joining one another throughout me and with the whole Christian community, with Mike Knudsen and Gretchen Lane and every other loved one, living and dead, to sing St. Thomas's song.
my Lord and my God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps us spread God's word even further. Thank you.